0: The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Happy New Year. We're beginning a brand new series called Like Never Before Today. And I was thinking this week about, about New Song, and, and I remember when, when God first started laying New Song Church on my heart and on Sarah's heart, and we were praying about the church and where the church was going to go and what the church was going to do. I I remember that we wanted New Song to not just be a place where you came and attended services. We wanted it to be a place where people could come and they could have an encounter with God, but, but that it would also be a place where they could grow spiritually, where they could continue to move forward and progress in the things of God and grow. And And I'm excited because as we move into this year, 2019, I believe that we have more programs and more things in place here for you. And and, and if you will just really buy in and really plug in like never before this year, and and when I say that, I I don't mean just, you know, attend a service every once in a while when it's convenient, when your kids don't have a game or, you know, if it's, it's a pretty day outside. No, no, no. I mean, really be here, commit to be here. And, and not just that, but commit to, to get involved in the things that we talk about. Get in a small group. Get in some community with some other people. Uh, get on a serve team. We need people to help us to serve, to, to serve the people of the church. Be a tither. Be a giver. Uh, be a person who goes to the equipping classes when we launch. launches. We're launching those in February where you can grow in some different areas of your life and learn and develop more in some practical ways uh, in following after God and and maybe for you, maybe it's, it's next steps. You know, Tonight, we have our, our first Next Steps class of this year. And if you've never been to Next Steps, I want to tell you, you need to come to Next Steps. Next Steps is that. It's the next step for you, of you getting more plugged in and rooted and planted in this church. We, I, I say this verse all the time, but it really is true. The Bible says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. We want you to flourish. I want you to flourish this year. But one of the ways that's going to happen is if you get planted in this house. And so tonight, we're going to kind of explain the vision of the church. We're going to explain where we're going as a church. We'd love for you to be a part of that. You can register uh, outside in the lobby. I think you can register online. We'll have food for you. And it's kind of our last supper as we get ready to move into the fast. But, uh, but I encourage you to, if you've never been to Next Steps, to, to come. But, but here's what I'm saying with all of this. We believe this. If you'll, if you'll really buy into this, then I believe at the end of this year, you'll look back At 2019 and say man that was a year like never before I mean what a difference God has made and I can say that and I can promise you that Because i've seen it happen over and over again people who really Commit to this stuff man. God will will move in that and do some incredible things with you and so with that uh, I, I can say this as we move into 2019. Here's what i'm saying over this Over this series and over this year I believe you can have a year unlike any year you've ever had before if you will commit spiritually like never before. In fact, let me read you this quote. This is C.S. Lewis. He said this. He said, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. In other words, here's what he's saying. You're a spiritual being. So if you invest spiritually, then natural things will kind of come along with that. But if you're just investing in the natural things, then you're not going to get natural things or spiritual things. spiritual being. And when you make spiritual investments, everything works out together. And so we want to be people who are investing in the spiritual things like never before this year. And so that's why tomorrow we're starting our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we're inviting you through this fast and through prayer to to connect with God in a greater way and to disconnect from some of the things in this world. And and we believe that through these 21 days, man, God's going to do something amazing. And we have a devotional for you to follow along with us and the way we kind of created this devotional is we wanted to make it where if you're brand new to the things of God, you, you can understand it. And it's simple and it's bite-sized for you to be able to get. But we also wanted to make it where if you're a, you know, a seasoned veteran in the things of God, it, it'll kind of whet your appetite to pursue God a little bit more. And there's prayer points in there and there's songs that we've, we've put in there. We want to really help you with your quiet time. And here's something I'm, I'm inviting you to do this year, New Song Church. In fact, through this 21 days, I want us all praying this, okay? Uh, we, I want you to be praying over the direction of new song for this year. Because here's, here's where we're at. Uh, as we enter 2019, every year up to this point, the church has doubled in size. And that's an awesome, awesome thing. But uh, r- what will happen is if this happens again this year, and I want it to, uh, we can't be in this building anymore. Like this service, look around you. This is a full room. And, and the first service is looking closer to this now. And the third service is getting more full. And, and if you know, if those kids' classes back there, if you go back there, they're packed with kids right now. And so we need God to move. And we've been, we've been looking for a building, so you know, for over a year. And We've had a lot of doors that have been shut in our face. But I'm not, I'm not discouraged by that because I believe the right opportunity is going to present itself. But I also know this. There are some things that, that need to take place in the spiritual. We're going to do everything we can in the natural. But there's some things that need to take place spiritually that will open these doors. And so what I'm inviting you to do is to pray over New Song Church for the next 21 days. And really pray and seek the Lord and and be asking, God, we're praying. We ask you if there's any doors that need to open up that you're going to open up those doors. If there's any opportunities, you're going to make a way where there there seems to be no way so we can step into what you have for me. How many of you agree to do that with me over the next 21 days? Thank you so much. I believe it's going to make a difference but, but we're saying, if we can commit like never before, we can have a year like never before. So, so here's what God's been saying to me. If you have your Bible, Matthew chapter 7, I believe that as I've been studying over the last couple of weeks and thinking about this year, the thing that keeps coming up in my spirit is, is more. God has more for us as a church. I believe God's got more for me. I believe God's got more for you. I believe God's got more for us. I believe that there's more revelation that, that God wants you to have of who he is and what he wants to do in your life. I believe that there's, there's more blessings that God wants to funnel into your life, not just so that you're just, you have a lot of stuff, but so that you can be a blessing in this world. See, I'm not talking about just kind of getting a bunch of stuff for us. I'm talking about being someone that God can build the kingdom through. He needs people. And so he's looking for people like you that will be willing vessels that he can work through in this world. I believe God has more for us, but I also believe this. God has more for you, but in order to get it, he needs more from you. In fact, I'll say it like this. Our experience with God can, in large part, be determined by what we're willing to pay for. Now, before you start getting all mad and saying, you know, that sounds like works, Pastor Josh. It sounds like you're talking, understand something. I'm not talking about salvation here, okay? You can't pay for your salvation. Salvation's already been paid for. Jesus paid the price so that you could go to heaven. He purchased salvation for you. He made available some incredible things for you. And so when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you step into relationship with him. And through that, you, you have access to all these things. And in that moment, there are many things that are sealed for you by Jesus Christ. You're forgiven of all your sins. You're forgiven of your past. You have the promise of eternity in heaven. That's all done. But understand this. There are some things on this side of eternity that God wants to do in your life. He wants for you. But but in order for you to attain some of those things, to get some of those things, You're going to have to go after some of those things. And the word that that God has kind of laid on my heart when it comes to this is this word, persistence. Persistence. I believe this. In fact, this is what I'm calling my message this morning. Persistent like never before. Or persistent in the things of God like never before. I believe we'll be persistent like we've never been before. When it comes to some of the things God has for us and wants for us, then we'll experience some of the things God has. Has for us and wants for us that we've never experienced before. Okay, so Matthew chapter 7. Uh, in, in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, Jesus is giving this discourse, and it's called the, the Sermon on the Mount. And it's the greatest message that's ever been preached. And in it, Jesus is unpacking incredible revelation. I mean, you know, we we can you read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. There's so many things in those chapters that God Jesus unveils that, that people at the time, I mean, it was blowing their minds. They'd never heard of this stuff before. I mean, even to this day, you read these and you start studying what God was talking about. And it's, it's amazing. And, and we've had all these years to look at it and think about it and study it. I mean, he was just unpacking this for these people. And, and so he's talking about the Beatitudes and he's talking about salt and light. And he's talking about loving your enemies and how to pray and, and all this different stuff. And then in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, he says this. He says, ask. Everybody say, Ask. Ask, and it will be given to you. He says, seek. Let me hear somebody say, seek. Seek, Seek and you will find. Knock. Say, knock. Knock. And it will be opened to you. And then he gives these promises to go along with those three things. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Okay, so Jesus gives us some insight into what it's going to take to get the more that God has for us. And he gives us these three words. He says we need to ask and to seek and to knock. And when he says this, you have to understand when he, was, when he said this, we, we read it today and you don't really get this, but there was a, a tense in which he said this. And it was not a passive tense. It was actually a persistent tense. He's not saying like, you know, just ask once and then move on. It, the idea here is that you ask and you keep asking. You knock and you keep knocking. You seek and you keep seeking. In fact, the Amplified says it like this. Matthew 7, 7, it says, Keep on asking and it will be given to you. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking reverently and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives and he who keeps on seeking finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, the door will be opened. The idea here is that we continue to go after God and what it is that we see in his word that he has for us and we go after it with Persistence. And we do this because we know that God has more for us. Now listen, the fact that God tells us to ask, seek, and knock tells us that he has more for you. Because he wouldn't tell you to ask and seek and knock if there wasn't more. Because if he did that, he'd be wasting our time, wouldn't he? Like there'd be no point in me opening a door if there's nothing behind it. You, You see what I'm saying here? So the fact that he tells us this tells us God has more for you, but but if you're going to get it, you're going to have to ask, seek, knock, and and you're going to have to be persistent with that. Paul talks about this too in Philippians 3 verse, verse 12. He says, not that I've already obtained this or have already arrived at my goal. In other words, Paul's saying, I don't have it all. I know that there's more for me. I know that there's more out there that God has for me, more that God wants to do through me. That's what Paul's saying. But I press on. Everybody say, press on. To take hold of that which Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus took hold of me. So Paul's saying here that I know that there's more and I'm going to press on so that I can take hold of it. Now, when he says press on, that word, those two words press on there mean to pursue in a hostile manner. Like I love that. There's some grit in that. You guys get that? In a hostile manner. I'm going I'm to fight. I'm going to go after this. Paul's saying, listen, God, I'm grateful for everything I have, but I know that there's more. And I'm going to pursue the more that I believe that you have for me. Look at what he goes on to say, verse 13. He says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. So, so think about this. Paul is, is considered to be the greatest apostle of all time, right? And he's going to heaven. He's saved. He's going to heaven. And yet he's saying that there's still something else. And I haven't taken hold of it yet. He says, I'm going to take hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what's behind me and, and straining towards what is ahead, I press on. And that word, press on, once again, pursue in a hostile manner toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul saying, God, I, I love you and I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I'm going to heaven. I'm grateful for all that you've given me. And because you've given me all these things and because I know you, I know that there's more. I know there's more you want to do for me. I know there's more that you want to do in this world through me. And so I'm not going to relent. I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to press on. I'm going to, I'm going to grip my teeth and go after everything you have for me with everything I've got. And I believe that's, a, that's the heart that we need to have as Christians. And, you know, if you think about it, this idea is very much through Scripture. I mean, we see this kind of persistence all through the pages of the Bible. I think about the woman with the issue of blood. You know that story? you got a woman who's sick. She's got this issue that she's been dealing with for 12 years and, and she hears about Jesus. She hears about this healer and all the wonderful things that he's doing and, and she goes to see him and when she goes there's this crowd of people and she's sick and she's weak and she, she, has to, she wants to get to him. She believes if she just touches him she can receive her healing so she fights through that crowd. She, she persistently works her way through that crowd until she touches him and receives what Jesus has that's available for her but it took her persistence in order to get it. I think of the, the, the paralytic who, who went to see Jesus. He's paralyzed. He's got friends that are bringing him to Jesus. He gets there and it's so crowded that he can't get into the house where Jesus is. So what do they do? They're persistent. They climb up on the roof of this house. They dig and, and break away into the hole, uh, break a hole through the, the roof of this place so they can lower this guy down. This, this was not an easy task to do, people. But they lower him down so that he can receive, he can be before Jesus and receive his healing. That took persistence. I think about Moses. You think about Moses. Moses is one of the characters in the Bible. Like you think about all the miracles that took place in the life of Moses. I mean, so many incredible things that Moses experienced, and, and yet at the end of his life, we see Moses saying, "God, I, I want." It. We sang about it. God, I want to see your glory. See, Moses, even though he'd had all these incredible experiences with God, he knew he he knew there was still more, and he wanted the more that God had for him. And I want more of God this year. I want the more that God has for me. I I hope you want the more that God has for you. I want to be closer to God than I've ever been before this year. I want to be led by the voice of God like I've never been led before. I want to know, I want to have a revelation of Jesus Christ and the cross and the authority that God's made available to me to walk in in this world like I've never had before. I I want more blessings this year because I want to be a blesser in this world. I want that. And I hope you want that too. God has more for us, but, but the more that he has for us in order to get it, it's going to take a little bit more from us. God loves the posture of this heart, a heart that's relentless, a heart that says, I'm not giving up. I'm going to grip my teeth. I'm going to go after it. I'm going to pursue. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask. I'm going to seek. I'm going to knock. And I'm going to get everything that Jesus Christ has made available to me. So let's talk about these three things, okay? We've got to be persistent in these three things If we're going to have a 2019 like never before, we're going to be persistent like never before. Jesus gave us three things. The first thing he gave us, he said to do was to ask. Ask. Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. God tells us to to ask here. Now ask, the meaning of ask is this, requesting something of another, often a superior. So in, in the very definition of this word is this idea that when you're asking something of someone, you're declaring a dependency on them. You're saying, I need you. I can't do this on my own. I need you to assist me. I need you to do something for me. There's a declaration of, of need of someone else to be in inviting someone else into your life to do something, right? And, and the problem with that is in the world that we live in today, like that's not really, you know, something that we look, we think highly of. I mean, we live in America We have a declaration of independence like independence is the thing that you know we're all striving for and and we're born into this world and we're completely you know you think about it when you're born a little baby you're completely dependent upon your parents right you need them to feed you you need them to diaper you you need them to care for you i mean if they don't do if, if somebody doesn't move on your behalf you you don't survive you're gonna you're gonna fail to continue to live in this world and so you need people. But part of, of the process of maturing in this world is this process where we grow independent of people. We grow to where we can, we can be a little bit more self-sustained in a way. You know, I've got, I've got three little kids. And, and last night, in fact, I, I had our little five-year-old daughter, and we were teaching her how to wash her hair. And, and I was trying to teach her, and I was failing miserably because I don't have long hair. And so I was like, hey, Sarah, can you come in here and help me out here? Because I was just like, yeah, you just... Do this. Sarah's like, no, you gotta, you know, bring it. She did this whole thing where she brought it forward and was doing this. And I was just watching this going, oh, okay, that's how you do that. That's cool. But I had no idea. But we're teaching her. Like we want her to understand this because we don't want it's it's not cool for daddy to be shampooing her hair when she's fifteen years old. That's kind of weird. So we're trying to mature her, and she's growing a little bit more independent in her in her life, right? And, and yet we'll, we'll always be there for her, but we want to help her to grow independent. And sometimes I think we take that approach to our relationship with God. And we think that maturing in the things of God means we mature to where we don't need God as much. But let me just tell you, maturity in, in the kingdom means you grow to recognize that you are more dependent on God. You need God more. You invite him in more. You ask him to come and to to help you and you invite him into your life more and more. That's what maturity in the kingdom of God is. As for some of you, you're not experiencing some of the things God wants you to experience simply because you're not inviting God in. See, God doesn't go where he's not invited. He stands at the door waiting, knocking, wanting to be invited, but you gotta invite him in. And when you ask, you're saying, God, come on in, I need you. Bible says this in James four two. it says, you do not have because you do not ask. Some of you right now, there's some things that God wants to do in your life that you're not experiencing, you're not walking in them, and it's simply because you just haven't asked. You haven't invited God. Me, me and Sarah have had seasons like this before where we, we come together and we'll pray, and there's been times where we, this is going to, like, I'm not trying to make ourselves sound real, but there's been times that. We get so busy praying about everything else, we kind of forget to pray about ourselves sometimes. We pray over our kids, we pray over the church, and we just kind of... And there's been times that God's reminded us to pray for ourselves and pray for things He wants to do in our life. And it's amazing how often we'll do that, and then all of a sudden, like, doors open up and opportunities present themselves, and this stuff happens, and it's just like... It's like God was just waiting on us to ask. And I'm telling you today, church, I believe there's some of you in here, and God is just waiting for you to ask... He's waiting for you to invite him, and he wants to move on your behalf. Look at this. John 16, verse 24 says, ask, and you will receive. Look at this, that your joy may be full. God wants to fill you with joy. The Bible says this joy is your strength. God wants to strengthen you with the joy, but how do we get it? We have to ask. So my question for you is, in what area of your life are you not asking? Some of you need to ask God to come and, and to help you in some of the areas where you're struggling. Ask, ask God. Invite God into these, these areas. And if you do, I believe He's going to move in those areas. Where do you need God to move? See, sometimes we're waiting on God to move, but God's waiting to move until we ask. So you need to be a person who asks. Here's number two the second thing you're going to have to do is to be persistent to seek. Be persistent to seek. Back to Matthew 7, 7. Again, it says, seek and you will find. Way back in 1992, I was 12 years old, and uh, I had gotten this new catalog. I I loved baseball. I was a big baseball fan, played baseball, and I got this new catalog called East Bay. Anybody remember East Bay catalogs, man? Pre-internet I would get these East Bay catalogs, and I would just study them for days and go through and figure out all the gear. I loved, like, sports gear and stuff. And I remember there was this one that came in one year, and it had this bat in it, this full spread about this new bat called the Easton J Series C Core Graphite Composite Bat. Yeah. And uh, and this bat was awesome, right? In fact, I, I did a little research this week. I got on the Internet and looked for this bat, See if I can find a picture of it. The only picture I could find is someone is selling one right now on eBay for twenty bucks, and so I brought the here's the here's the pictures of it. This is the bat. This is the actual, not the one I had, but this is the exact model. In fact, it's the exact same size and everything. But you can't really tell because it's you know twenty five years old now or so. But it has the green grips down there and the green up there on the top. And and when I got it, that green was like neon green. And the, the, the great, like the light part up there was that reflective kind of like the Jordan tongues on the shoes, that reflective kind of stuff. So it was like the baddest looking bat you've ever seen. But beyond that, the technology of this bat was amazing. It was graphite composite. So it was made out of a lighter metal, but it was also a hard metal. You know anything about baseball, the quicker you get a bat through the zone, the harder it hits something, the farther the ball is going to go. So I'm just thinking, I get this bat and I'm going to become Ken Griffey Jr. It's going to be Amazing. So I go to my parents and I'm like, hey, I want to get this bat for Christmas this year, along with all these other things that I'm wanting. Now, the problem that I was up against was this bat um, was $300. Now, that sounds like a lot. In fact, I was at Dick's Sporting Goods the other day and I was looking and bats nowadays are 250 to 300 bucks, which I was just like for like these nice bats. But when I was buying, back in this time, like, bats were like $175, like, a, like $75 to $100 is what I'm saying. So this was way up there. This would be like buying a bat today. It's like 500 bucks. And so I, you know, brought this to my parents. Oh, father and mother, I would love to have this bat for Christmas this year. And I presented it to them, and, and I didn't get a lot of really good feedback, you know. So, so I just kind of moved on, and I had it on my list. It was at the top of my Christmas list, and Christmas is approaching. And in our house, uh, at Christmas time, all the presents would be put under the tree, and and so I was looking every day for my for my bat, you know, because that's the thing about a bat—you're kind of gonna know, right? And nothing was, you know, roughly the size of a baseball bat. Like I didn't have any presents that were even that long, and a different, you know, it was just not there. And it got closer and closer to Christmas. Christmas Eve, still not there. I remember Christmas morning, like, surrounding myself with my presents and looking at all of them and being like, huh, doesn't look like it's here. Okay, all right. Well, you know, I guess that was a a big request. I said ask in the last service, and everybody started giggling, so I'm not going to do that again. It was a big request, and um, so, you know, I'll just move on. Well, what I didn't know was my parents knew that if they put a bat in a tube and wrap it under the. Christmas tree, I'm going to know. So they wanted to surprise me with this. So I'm opening up my presents. I get to my last present. It's this little box. It feels like it has hardly anything in it. It feels just completely light. I open it up, and inside is a little map and a little poem. And I read this, and I discover I am going on a treasure hunt. And yeah, my parents are pretty cool. And so... I, I read this and I get this revelation of where I'm supposed to go now. And so I get up and I go running to the next area and my mom and dad are with me and my sister, we're all running through the house. I go to my closet upstairs and I find another little little note, another little map and I, I read it and I go to the next place. And I do this like three or four times. I remember one of the places I went to, I, I got out the little map and was reading it and I didn't quite understand what it was saying to me with the little, uh, the little poem that was on there. And my mom and dad were there, and they wrote it. So they were like, you know, kind of emphasized a few things to me. And then I got a revelation of what, the, what it was saying. And so I went to the next place. And finally, I, I end up under the stairs, and I, I'm, I'm moving these boxes around and stuff. And then there, oh, my bat. The magical moment, I find it. And there was actually this picture. I wish I could have found it this week, but I couldn't find it. But there's this picture of me in my Christmas pajamas on Christmas morning, 1992, holding this bat above my head in celebration. Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, my parents got me this bat, and they, they wanted me to have it. And they could have done it like this. They could have, I could have opened up that last box, and there could have been a note in there that said, Josh, we got you a bat. It's in Oklahoma. Good luck. And I might still be looking for that bat to this day, right? But they didn't do that. Why? Because understand this, and get this, this is big. The bat wasn't hidden from me. It was hidden for me. I want you to understand, church, there's some things that God has hidden for you that he wants you to experience, but it's going to take you being willing to seek to find those things. Proverbs 25, let me show you this in the Bible. Proverbs 25 talks about this. It says this, Proverbs 25, 2, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. In other words, to hide something. But the glory of kings is to search out that matter. Which, by the way, Revelations 1.6 says that because of Jesus Christ, we are made kings and priests. So it's the glory of God to hide some things. And it's the glory for us as believers, as Christians, to seek those things out. See, God has some stuff that's not, he he hides stuff. He's not hiding it from you. He's hiding it where you can find it, but you're going to have to seek it out. He's hiding it from the enemy for you. But you're gonna to have to be persistent to seek it out and to go after it so that you can find it. And I'm telling you, there's something about that journey that God wants to do, and there's things that He wants to do in that journey that are important to you attaining what it is that He wants you to have. Now I've had I've had 39 Christmases now, I'm 39 years old. This is my 39th Christmas this year. And I've gotten a lot of awesome presents at Christmas. And I've gotten bigger, more expensive presents. When I was 16, I got a car on Christmas. That was a bigger, more expensive present, but, but when I think back to all of my different Christmases, um, that one stands out, and that gift, that bat stands out, and not just because of the gift, but because of the journey. There's something about that journey, and there's a journey that God wants to take you on. There's some lessons and some revelation of who he is that sometimes comes from you seeking out the things that he has hidden for you, for you to experience, God has some things that are hidden from you now, or for you. Now, here's the thing. In this journey to find it, it was hidden for me, but I wasn't alone in trying to find it, right? As I was searching for my bat, I had my mom and dad with me, and I had a map to help guide me. And and in the same way, you have a map. God's given you the Word of God. The Word of God is your treasure map. And inside of it are promises and, 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 uh, and things that God wants you to understand about who he is. Revelation is inside of it. And if you'll get into, see, here's what you need You need to seek. What does the word of God say about your situation? Are, are you seeking the word? Are you standing on scriptures based on the situations that you're facing? Are you seeking truths of what the word of God has to say? Get into the word like never before. Seek out the scriptures about what, God, about what God wants to do in your life. You're up against it right now. What's the word of God say? You're up against a sickness. What's the word of God say? You're up against a problem. What does the word of God say? Seek it out in the word. It's full of treasure for you and promises for you. But beyond just having the map, I also had my mom and dad with me who wrote the map and could give me revelation of what the map said. Listen, in the same way, you have the Holy Spirit, the helper, the one Jesus said he was going to send you. He's the one who wrote the Bible, by the way, and he is in you and with you and wants to give you revelation. Just like when I was looking at the map and I couldn't quite figure out what it was saying, I had my mom and dad there, they go, hey, think about this, and and they brought it out to me so I could see it in a different way and get a revelation so I could go to get the treasure that was there for me. You have the Holy Spirit. He wants to guide you into all truth that the Bible says. So are you seeking the wisdom and the leading of the Holy Spirit? A good prayer for you every day is, Holy Spirit, I need you. I'm inviting you in. I'm seeking your direction. You're leading today. I know that you know the steps that I need to take today, so I'm seeking your guidance in my life. You're going to have to be a person who's persistent to seek, persistent to seek in the Word of God, persistent to seek the leading of the Holy Spirit. And then here's number three. You've got to be a person who knocks, who knocks. Matthew 7, 7, knock, and it will be open to you. Anybody getting anything out of this this morning? Yes. You know, there's something about knocking on a door when you know that there's stuff on the other side of that door that belongs to you. I, me and Sarah are just coming out of this phase of our life. Our kids right now, my, my son Gus is 10. My daughter Bo is 7. My other daughter uh, Sunny is 5. She's turned 5. And we're just kind of coming out of a season of our life with our kids where we're not just thinking about the fact that they could escape at any time. <laughs> you know, when your kids are little, like, they, they are looking to break out. It's like prison, I don't know. It's not, but that's how they see it. Like, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> and so you have to be aware of this. You leave a door open. You leave a window cracked. They're going to bust through a screen. They're going to do whatever. They're going to get out. And so you learn to, like, we got to lock stuff down. We had to learn that. And, and here's what happens when you, when you start to live that way. Uh, from time to time, you'll lock yourself out or someone else will lock you out. And me and Sarah have locked each other out. And I, I, in fact, this used to happen all the time, especially when the little kids were, were real little. We'd be outside playing in the backyard and, and uh, Sarah might go into the house and I'd still be out there playing with Gus and Bo for a little bit. Sonny was just a baby. And I'd get ready to go back into the house. And when I'd go to get into the house, Sarah had gone in and she locked, she deadbolted the door. And she's somewhere else in the house. And you know that feeling like when you go to open a door and you think it's gonna be open and it's not open, especially a door that you push open? You know what I mean? So you like, you turn it and you're leaning into it and it's just like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Don't act like you've never done it. (laughs) And it, it kind of aggravates you. And, and then like for me personally, like there, there's a little bit of something that rises up in me. And my knock at that point of like, is not like, you know, Oh, like, no, 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 no. It is a, (laughs) like, I'm, Oh, I am banging on that door. I am persistently going to knock and keep knocking. Why? Because there are things on the other side of that door that belong to me. Air conditioning that I, that belongs to me. A couch that belongs to me. Food that belongs to me. Stuff that belongs to me that I want. And beyond that, there's someone on the other side, someone that has the ability to open that door for me that loves me. You guys following me? The same way, listen, church, you're going to face some stuff in 2019. You might be facing some stuff right now. And and there's some promises that God has for you that are on the other side of a door. And you're going to have to keep knocking. You're going to have to bang. And there are promises. Listen, this stuff that is available, it's available and it's, it's yours. Jesus purchased it for you. There's some stuff that you're not experiencing right now that Jesus made available to you. It's purchased. It's yours, but you're not experiencing it. In order to experience it, you're going to have to be someone who's willing to knock. And there's someone on the other side of that door that wants to open it up, that wants to make it available to you, but it's going to be your persistence that makes it available. We've got to be persistent this year like never before. God has an inheritance for you, and he wants you to experience it, but just because he wants you to experience it doesn't mean you will. You've got a part to play in this. So what is there that maybe is on the other side of a door that maybe you quit knocking on that door? Maybe there's some, some things in your life, that some dreams that you've had, and the door's been closed, and you quit knocking. I mean, I even think about where we've been with the church the last year, where we've been looking at different buildings, and, and doors keep closing. But listen, I'm not going to stop knocking. I'm going to keep knocking. And I'm going to keep knocking until we knock one of those doors down, because I know that God has something for us, and I'm going to keep persistently pursuing it until we get it. My question for you is, are you willing to put in the effort that not everybody else is willing to put in? And what separates some of the great people that we read about in Scripture is they were willing to to go to places and do stuff and pursue God and be persistent in a way that not everybody else was willing to be. God has more for you, but in order to attain some of it, he's going to need more from you. We're going to need to be persistent like never before. Now, I, I say all that, and I want you to understand something. As I talk about this effort that we have to put in to attaining this stuff, I want you to know the hard part is not our part. The hard part's already been done. Jesus already did the heavy lifting. The part that God's asking us to do is not difficult. In fact, I think sometimes we read a verse like this, and we read it, and we think about that thing that we need in our life, and we interpret it kind of like this. This is how I wrote it down. Sometimes we look at Matthew 7 like this, beg, and maybe it will be given to you. Comb the earth, beat the bushes, leave no stone unturned in looking, and if you're lucky, you might find it. Bang your head against the door, with enough, and with enough effort, you might be able to get that door open. Well, that's not what it says. It simply says ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened. I was studying this verse a few years back and just kind of thinking about it and I was I was what's, what we call meditating on scripture, which is nothing weird. It just means I was thinking about it. I was speaking it. I was saying it. I was getting quiet and listening and just kind of inviting God to speak to me through this verse. And as I was doing that, God spoke to me and he He said something to me about this. It's one of those times when God speaks to you, he can drop like you know, a sentence in your heart and it just unpacks into so much more. In fact, this week I was praying on Monday and and God gave me something and it took me 30 minutes to explain to Sarah what God told me in about two seconds. But that's kind of what God did. I was praying and thinking about asking and seeking and knocking and I just felt like the Lord just said this. He says, Josh, it's child's play. And I begin to think about that based on these three things. Now think about this ask, okay? Every child has the ability to ask. A, a child may not even be able to talk, but it can still ask, can't it? If you've got a newborn baby, you know that baby can ask for things that it needs before it can talk. It needs food? It cries. It needs to go to sleep? It cries. It needs its diaper changed? It cries. It's going to let you know. It's asking through crying. That's the way it communicates. But it's child's play. Even the smallest among us, the youngest among us, the weakest among us have the ability to do it. Now think about seeking. Think about seeking. Uh, When me and Sarah first found out we were pregnant with... I say me and Sarah. Sarah found out she was pregnant with Gus. It's our firstborn. Um, She wanted to go to a breastfeeding class and wanted me to go. (laughs) And I did. And um, it's been 10 years now, and I'm still seeking freedom, but... (laughs) But... (laughs) And I don't remember much because I've tried to block most of it out, but I do remember this. They talked about how a little baby has the ability when it's brand new, just born, just comes out of the womb, it can do this thing called a breast crawl where you put this newborn baby on its mother's stomach and it will begin to work its way up until it can get to what it's trying to get to and latch on and, 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 and feed. It can see, I mean, even the youngest, weakest, newest among us has the ability to seek. I mean, think about it, it's child's play. Think about it, and, and there, as a child in the playground, what do we play? We play hide and seek, it's child's play. And then knock. When, when my daughter Bo, we were moving her from her crib into her big girl bed. Uh, you know, when they're in the crib, it's kind of like, like a little cage you've got them in that, that they can't get out of. But now we're moving her into her big girl bed and she's got the ability now to get up. And so we're putting her in this and you know, teaching her about it. And one of the things we realized is she's upstairs at the house we were in at the time. She was upstairs, we were downstairs and we didn't want her getting up in the night and falling down the stairs or anything like that. So we put this little thing on her door that kept her from being able to open the door. And, uh, and so every morning we had this baby monitor in our room with a little video and, and we'd hear her. She'd wake us up every morning. We'd hear her in her room going knocking on the door persistently. She wanted out. And she knew there were people on the other side of that door who could open the door. And she knew there were things on the other side of that door that were hers. And so she kept knocking on the door until her mom and dad got their butts out of bed, walked up the stairs, and let her out. She was persistent. Even the youngest among us, the littlest, knocking is not hard is child's play what I want you to see here is what God's asking us to do is not hard he's really asking us to just partner with him in faith and to pursue persistently the things that he wants us to experience this year I believe God has more for us New Song Church but in order for us to experience the more we're going to have to be persistent like never before and if we will I believe it will be a year like never before there's some stuff that's on the other side of an ask There's some stuff that's on the other side of some seeking. There's some stuff on the other side of some knocking on some doors. Some doors have been closed and you've given up on them. But God's saying today, keep knocking, keep seeking, keep asking. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you today in this message? I hope that you're excited about this year. I hope that you're encouraged. I hope you're anticipating some incredible things because I really do believe God is saying to you today, he's got some great things in store for you. If you'll be persistent, if you'll get that kind of tenacity inside of you, if you'll be a person who, who who's going after God with everything you've got, who's, who's, who's gritting their teeth and pursuing and saying, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep going after you with everything I've got, Lord. There's some things God has for you. Lord, I thank you for our church. And I thank you, Lord, for this year. I thank you that you're going to you're gonna help us, God, to, to have the the kind of tenacity you've called us to be. That we will we will pursue in a hostile manner the promises of God. We will pursue in a hostile manner the things that we know that are available to us. Jesus, you purchased these things. You died on the cross to make these things available. And we're not gonna relent, we're not gonna quit, we're not gonna give up. Even though some doors have been closed, even though some maybe we've maybe we've seen some things we maybe feel like we're too old for that or we're too young for that god we we trust you and we're going to not lean on our own understanding we're going to put all of our faith on you follow after you with everything we've got lord we thank you for an incredible year you're like never before in jesus name thanks for listening to this week's message from new song church if you have a prayer need or would like more information about new song you can email info at newsongpeople.com. if you would like to partner with new song through giving Go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.